Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. Now, for those of you who uh, haven't heard or can't quite work out my accent, I've come from Ireland. Uh, Just like many of your own ancestors, I made the voyage across the Atlantic Ocean and find myself here in Nova Scotia, albeit just until the end of June. Now, if there's one thing that perhaps makes the Irish stand out, it's that when we meet another Irish person, whether at home or abroad, we just have to know exactly where they come from. And I've been told that in parts of, uh, on the East Coast here in Canada, this is something we have in common. You often get asked, who was your father? And I don't think it's necessarily about being nosy, although in truth maybe it is. But even in Ireland, in the countryside where I'm from, in West Cork, if I visit another village and say, go to the local pub, as I walk in, the whole place will go quiet. People will stop and stare, wondering who this new person is. He's not from around here. I wonder what brings him this direction. And after about a minute or so, normality resumes. But there's always one person who's more determined than the rest, and he'll try to strike up a conversation. Now, the question he asks is peculiar. And who would you be now? Sounds innocent enough. But he's not actually asking me who I am. So if I respond as well, I'm Ronan Sheehan, I'm from Noosestown, that would only half satisfy him. But who are your people? My interrogator would continue. And it gets better, and this really happened in the village of Drimalig, where my mother comes from. So I say to this man, giving my mother's surname, well, I'm Kingston. And he says, but which Kingston? There are lots of them. So I go one step further. I say, well, my uncle is Kevin Kingston. But which Kevin Kingston? He continues. Now, in rural Ireland, a foolproof way of identifying someone is to give their Christian name, followed by their father's name, followed by, perhaps even, their grandfather's name. So, exasperated, I go the full hog. I say, he's Kevin Sam Dick Kingston. Ah, I have you now. And with that, he's able to tell me where their house is, how big the farm is, whom he's married to, and how many children they have. He had worked out my identity, he knew who I was, and he was quite satisfied with himself. Identity, it seems, is everything. Now, since coming to Canada some three weeks ago, I've met uh, many people who've told me about their Irish ancestry, some even from West Cork. And many have also visited Ireland, sometimes to the very farm or cottage where their own people waved their last goodbye before emigrating to North America. Some of you have even done a lot of research into your family history. Now, in the same vein, one of my favorite TV shows is called 
who do you think you are? And it's a show about people, mostly celebrities, but not always. And they go and trace their family of origins with the help of experts, and they visit the places where their family came from, and they inevitably discover some sort of tale of either um, horror, horror, despair, or heroism. Exploring our family history is important to all of us, right? There's a need within each of us to know where we came from, who our people were. Did we come from poverty or riches? Am I Irish or Scotch, Filipino or Indian? In order to know who we are today, we feel the need to explore the story that led to us. But sometimes, the story of who we are and where we came from can be used to box us in. Exploring our roots is good, but there is a real risk in all of it that it can come to define and limit us. Now, I would not exist without my ancestors, but I'm not defined by them. And unfortunately, who do you think you are can sometimes become who do you think you are? Who do they think they are? Their father was just a drunk. Who does she think she is? She's only just started coming here. Who does he think he is? He's only Joseph the carpenter's son. These are the words uttered by the people of Nazareth in today's gospel. Jesus has returned to his hometown, a place where people not only knew him, but they knew his people too. Now his ministry has just begun. We're still in the early stages here. But instead of going straight to the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus begins his ministry in his native province of Galilee. A word quickly begins to spread about him. But the people of Nazareth were more skeptical. They were looking for a sign, for miracles, for the spectacular, for Jesus to wave a magic wand and prove himself. But Jesus does not work with closed hearts. The Jesus who returns to Nazareth does not come as Jesus, the local homegrown craftsman who'd repair your kitchen table if you needed it, needed it. He returns to reveal a deeper identity. Jesus Christ, the prophet. Now the people weren't wrong exactly in what they had said. They knew Jesus, they knew his people. Or rather, they thought they knew him but they limited him and boxed him in by what they thought they knew about his identity. They were comfortable with the Jesus who dealt with a hammer and chisel, but not the Jesus who fulfills scripture. It's as if he's no longer one of them. Look what happens when Jesus compares himself to the prophets Elijah and Elisha. The temperature in the synagogue suddenly goes up 
people start asking, who does he think he is? The amazement that we heard of earlier quickly turns to rage. So much so that the furious crowd tries to kill Jesus. The hometown hero has become the hometown zero. But through all of this, Jesus refused to have his identity reduced purely to his human origins. He reveals his deeper identity as a prophet. But what's the big deal with being a prophet anyway? Prophets were revered and respected figures, but generally only after they had died. In their own time, prophets tended to annoy and provoke. Prophets have a habit of doing that. They unsettle us and upscuttle our ideas. But prophets have a divine origin. Consecrated by God, anointed by the Spirit, they speak on behalf of God. They are filled with the power of the Spirit, and they need it. They need the grace, the courage, the strength necessary to face inevitable rejection and the people who try to limit them. Now you might be asking, what does a prophet look like today in today's world? Prophets stand out from the crowd and point out the plight of the poor, the widows, the orphans, the lepers. Prophets declare God's love for everyone when others say there is no God. Prophets stand up and speak difficult truths when they know it would be easier to say nothing or go along with popular opinion. Prophets are those courageous people who proclaim the gospel in season and out of season, even in the face of rejection and martyrdom. But you see, each of us has a prophetic identity by virtue of our baptism. Every Christian has been made priest, prophet, and king. Every Christian is called to be a prophet. Now, one modern-day person who embraced that identity to be a prophet was a man called Father Rutilio Grande. And you may not have heard of him, but he was beatified by the church last week in his native El Salvador in Central America. My father, Rutilio, he was a Jesuit priest who worked in El Salvador and had a special concern for the poor. This was a time when the government favored large landowners and cared little for peasant farmers. Some were so poor that in any given day all they had to eat was a single tortilla with some salt sprinkled on top in a bid to give some flavor. Poverty was stark and harsh. So into this, Father Rutilio called for action and change. And he began to organize people in what were called Christian-based communities. Together, those who were oppressed had a stronger voice to demand justice and for their rights to be respected. To the elite, this was something very dangerous. Father Rutilio's demand for justice made him a lot of enemies. 
but he refused to be limited. Being outspoken at this time did not win you friends and favor. On the contrary, and on the 12th of March, 1977, he, along with two others, were killed by forces sent by the government. All three were beatified last week. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Father Rutilio Grande, prophet and martyr. Now, maybe not all of us are called to martyrdom, but all of us are called to be prophets, to exercise prophetic witness like Rutilio Grande, like Pope Francis, like Rosa Parks or Viola Desmond. Imagine St. Benedict Parish as a place where all of us embraced our deeper identity to be prophets, where we're not afraid to have those difficult conversations, where we're not afraid to stand up and say, I believe, where we're not afraid to identify injustice and say no. This is to embrace our new, deeper identity in Jesus. And if we choose not to limit the identity of Jesus, the Christ, the prophet, the Son of God, the Savior, our friend and brother, then we cannot limit our identity as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as children of God, as priests, prophets, and kings. So instead of only looking back and asking, who do you think you are? Let's look forward and realize the dignity of who we're called to be. Thanks so much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.